0: Hey everybody! today we want to go into the Kirby Woods archives and bring back a sermon from 2018 from one of our former interim pastors Tommy Vincent who is a great friend to Kirby Woods uh, this was preached on March 30th on Good Friday that year and it was requested by one of our missionaries today they just requested that we send it to them personally but after looking at the sermon it's such a unique Good Friday sermon we thought it would bless the church by reposting this into our podcast and so we we hope that you're blessed by this sermon today from Tommy Vinson from March 30, 2018 on Good Friday. God bless.
1: When Jesus came to Golgotha, they nailed him to a tree. They drove great nails and hands and feet and made a calvary. They crowned him with a crown of thorns Wide were his wounds, and deep. For those were crude, and cruel days, and human flesh was cheap. I invite you to open your Bible tonight to 2 Samuel chapter 21, which may immediately bring a question mark to your mind. How could you possibly preach on the cross from 2nd Samuel chapter 21 i hope you will see in just a few moments 2nd Samuel chapter 21 and we'll begin reading in verse 8 this is out of the life of king david the king that is david took the two sons of rispah the daughter of ai whom she bore to saul Harmoni and Mephibosheth, and the five sons of Mirab, the daughter of Saul, whom she bore to Adriel, the son of Barzillai, the Maholothite. And he gave them into the hands of the Gibeonites. And they hanged them on the mountain before the Lord, and the seven of them perished together." They were put to death the first days of harvest at the beginning of the barley harvest. Then Rispa, the daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock from the beginning of the harvest, that is, April, until the rain fell upon them from the heavens, possibly September, five months and she did not allow the birds of the air to come upon them by day or the beast of the field by night. Perhaps one of the most poignant pictures in the Old Testament is this picture of Rispa, who for five months fights off the buzzards and the animals to protect the bodies of her two sons who were hanging on the tree. Now, the text needs a little background. And in order to do that, we must move back hundreds of years to the time when Joshua is getting ready to lead the children Israel into the land of Canaan after the 40 years of wandering after the destruction of Ai. One day an entourage from the Gibeonites approached Joshua and feigned that they had been traveling for days and for miles and sought to make a non-aggression treaty with Israel. From all appearances they were telling the truth. They had on old clothes Their wine skins were cracked, their shoes were worn out, their bread was crumbly. Everything they said to Joshua seemed to be corroborated by their appearance. And so without praying about it, and out of a very presumptuous attitude, they entered into a non-aggression treaty with the Gibeonites only to discover two or three days later that the Gibeonites only lived 25 miles away. But it was too late for them to change that non-aggressive Gresham treaty because they had already done that before the Lord and in the name of the Lord. And so the only thing they could do was to turn them into slaves. They could not kill them, but they made the Gibeonites slaves. And for the rest of their lives, they were to be free from attack from Israel. Now, that's the background. But Saul, later out of his zeal for the Lord, so to speak, decided that he would invade the Gibeonites and broke that treaty and killed many of the Gibeonites And as a result of that a great famine came upon Israel. Saul dies and David assumes the throne. Three years in a row Israel is struggling with a famine. And so David inquires of the Lord, what's the reason for the famine? And the answer comes back, The famine is a result of Saul's invasion of the Gibeonites. And so David, in an effort to try to make things right, calls the leaders, the elders of the Gibeonites, has them to come to him, and he begins to engage with them in trying to discover what needs to be done in order to stop the famine and to atone for the sin of Saul. The Gibeonites say to David, well, we don't want silver. We don't want gold. And they say, we don't want to kill anyone in Israel. And by now, David is feeling pretty good. And so David makes a blank statement. He said, okay, then whatever you want, you can have. At that point, the smiles turned to frowns. And through gritted teeth, they said, here's what we want. We want to take seven of the sons of Saul, the man who killed the Gibeonites, and we want to hang them on poles in his hometown of Gibeah. David had already gone too far. And so he has to acquiesce to their request and give the seven sons of Saul. There they are. The seven sons of Saul. Hanging on seven crosses in Gibeah. That's when our text opens. The background is, that's the reason Rizpah is there. That's the reason she's waiting in the shadows. That's the reason she's waiting for that vengeful crowd to move out after that long day of killing those seven boys. And as they leave, you can see Rispa as she takes her sackcloth which is symbolic of repentance. And she makes her a little place of rest and she settles down for the purpose of keeping the buzzards off of those bodies in the daytime and the wolves away from their bodies at night. Can't you see her with her swollen eyes? She's cried. She was a concubine of Saul, which meant she had prominence. But when Saul died, all of that died. And the only thing she had left on the face of this earth to keep her from dying a pauper's death were those two boys. And here they hung on those two of the seven crosses. I can see her as the shadows of the buzzards would fly over the daytime. She would take that sackcloth and flip it toward the heavens and say, get, get, get out out of here. You will not have the flesh of my sons. I can see her at night as the eyes of those animals would be on the fringe areas of the campfire. She could hear their guttural sounds and, 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 and their overcoming of their natural timidity through the smell of these corpses she again would scream and run them off. That's the background. She did that for five months. That's the background. But let's look at the underground. That's nothing more than a sad story unless there's more to it than that. In order to discern the background I want to ask one question of each group on Gibeah that day. I asked the Gibeonites, Why are you here? The answer comes back revenge. (laughs) All of these years we've been waiting for this moment. Saul broke that non-aggression treaty. He killed many of our relatives, almost wiped us off the face of the earth. We're here today because we hated Saul and we want revenge. A lot of crimes, a lot of pain has happened because of revenge. I ask uh, the sons of Saul, I ask these seven boys, why are you here? They answer back because somebody else sinned. We're not here because of anything we have done, but we're here because our father, Saul, Broke the non-aggression, non-aggression treaty. And he invaded the Gibeonites. We're here not because of anything he has done. We killed no one. He did it all. And we're dying because he sinned. Then I ask Rispa, why are you here? And... Her answer is very simple. Every mother in this room knows why she was there. She was there because of a mother's love. She's the first one to kiss the brow of the newborn and the last one to kiss the cold brow of the one in the coffin. She's there. Because of a mother's love. What a picture. That's the underground. But let's move a few miles south from Gibeah to Jerusalem. And let's move several hundred years into the future. And let's move from the underground to the holy ground. Calvary. There's also a crucifixion scene. There's not seven crosses, there's only three. But so much about those two scenes remind me of each other. In fact, let's ask the same question we ask at Gibeah at Calvary. Let's ask that crowd gathered around those three crosses, many of them robed in religious regalia, the high priests, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees. And as we look at them, we see a smug look on their face. It's almost a, I got you look. And we ask the Pharisees and the Sadducees, why, why are you here at Calvary? The answer comes back, we're here because of revenge. <laughs> he, he stole our prominence. He stole our popularity. We didn't like the fact that he had the power of God upon him. He made us, made us look like empty, foolish, religious charlatans. We didn't like that feeling. We've been after him for three years. We finally got him. He's dead. Revenge. We ask, let's ask Mary, why are you here? She was there, you remember? One of three gathered around in that little inner group. Mary Magdalene, Mary, and John. Not very many. You want to say, where's the crowd that yelled Hosanna just five days ago? Little crowd. There's Mary. We hear Jesus speak to her and say, woman, behold your son. We hear him say to John, behold your mother. And I say, Mary, why are you here? And she answers, because of a mother's love. Zechariah told me when I brought Jesus into the temple to dedicate Him, Zechariah told me, Mary, a sword will pierce your soul also. Now I understand what He meant. I'm here because I love Him. And then I asked the man on the middle cross, why are you here? You know the answer, don't you? Have you followed the illustration? The answer is because somebody else sinned. I am on this middle cross, not because of anything I have done. In fact, the scripture says he was tempted in all points, like we are, yet without sin. Pilate himself said, I find no fault in him. Jesus said, Which one of you convinces me of sin? And Peter said, He died as a lamb without spot and without blemish. He's dying. Jesus is dying because somebody else sinned. And that somebody else was me and you. The Scripture says that He died a substitutionary, atoning death. That means He died in my place. He died in your place. He shed His blood, His body was broken, not because of anything He had done, but He died so that He who knew no sin might become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. For Christ also has once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. Why? That He might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but being quickened by the Spirit. Jesus, why are you on that middle cross? Because Tommy Vincent sinned, and the wages of sin is death. but there was one more there I didn't mention it at Gibeah but I mention it here he's unseen but he's there for a little while he turned his back when his son became sin and cried out my God my God why have you forsaken me jesus now having borne the sins of the world the father why are you here father god and he answers with a verse of scripture for god so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why are You there, Father? I'm there because I love You. Because. I love you. I love you. I love you. I called Andy Bramlett today and a good friend. He's the son of John the Bull Bramlett. You remember the Bull. I had the joy of being one of the Bull's pastors the last Five or six years of his life. And I asked Andy to retell me the story because I wanted to tell you tonight and I wanted it to be accurate. Most of you know that John was as wild as he could be for many, many years as he played in the NFL. But when God saved John Bramlett, he did a piece of work. Amen? I mean, he changed him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Well, Andy told me about the time after his dad was saved. When he, Andy, and his brother got into trouble while Nancy and John were out of the house, they got into trouble and uh, anyway, I won't tell you the whole cause of the trouble, but when John came in, it became apparent that this was discipline time. and Andy and his brother were a little bit intimidated by their father in terms of discipline. So he told them to go upstairs and when he got there, he said, this deserves five licks each from his special paddle. But he said, boys, We're going to do it different this time. He said, instead of me giving you five licks, you're going to give me five licks. And they better be real licks or I'll give you 10. And he said to me, and then he began to weep as he told me because he was emotional about it. He said, that lesson didn't go unlearned in my heart. You see, John said, I'm trying to teach you boys that what I'm doing for you today in a much greater way, Jesus did for you on the cross. What was it Isaiah said? By His, by his stripes, we're healed. Would you bow with me in
0: prayer? Thank you for listening to the Kirby Woods Baptist Church podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Please take the time to subscribe to this podcast so that you will always be notified when new episodes are released. Share with a friend, and more importantly, join us This Sunday at 10.30 a.m. If you're in the Memphis area, we would love to see you in worship. God bless.